0: Hello, and welcome to the 18th episode of the Poda Up Podcast. I am Matthew Passy. This week, we have a veteran broadcaster on the show, but he's going to
1: offer a lot of great wisdom for you budding podcasters. You want to have a curiosity about what's going on. You want to be curious as to, well, why is that like that? Not just assume that that's the way it's always been, or why is that changing? That is Bernie Wagonblast. He's
0: been in the transportation and radio industry for a long time, he currently hosts two shows you can find one at transportationradio.com and the other one at cranfordradio.com. Cranford is the town where Bernie has lived for I want to say the better part of 30 years. Bernie's had an amazing career and has successfully turned his passion and skills and experience into digital audio production that is he, that he is able to do from the comfort of his home and community. And so for you aspiring podcasters, and even for you folks who are maybe thinking about getting into broadcasting, real radio, there's really a lot you can learn from this man. He just has so much experience. And in full disclosure, Bernie was once my supervisor when I worked at Shadow Traffic. He is a great guy, so go ahead and show him as much love as you can and check out his stuff. And again, just, just listen to the podcast and see what you can learn from him. He really has a ton to offer. But before we get to this chat with Bernie... I want to draw your attention to something that I discovered this week. I was tooling around on the internet, and I, I don't remember how I got to this point, but somebody was talking about the next Serial. And I know everybody is trying to advertise the next Serial in podcasting. Serial is a fantastic show, great production, telling this amazing story, and you know, really taking you through a, a, a true story of something that happened and you know, why it's so crazy. And I know they're going to be coming back soon with a new one. This is a little different, but just as awesome, and I think going to be just as popular. It's called Limetown, L-I-M-E-T-O-W-N. It's from a group, Two Up Productions. This is a. It appears to be an independent production group that is just focused on creating audio stories. And this goes back to something that we had talked about in the Pot Up podcast before. I believe we talked about it with the podcast professors, and uh, maybe somebody else that... More than just having interview shows and educational shows and knowledge shows and talk shows, what's really missing is the radio drama of old, you know, the, the, the comics being told on the radio and, you know, just these incredible stories uh, that can be told through audio. And so that's what happens in Limetown. Uh, basically, this is a fictional podcast and it follows journalist Leah Haddock as she investigates the infamous disappearance of a doomed research facility. Now, I've only had the chance to listen to one because that's all that's been out so far, but I am totally hooked on this. And I think you should definitely check it out. Give it a good listen. You'll probably want to, you know, you probably won't be able to wait for the next episode like me. So it's LimetownStories.com. Again, LimetownStories.com. My hope is that Limetown does incredibly well because what I'd love to see is more audio fiction being told in podcasting format i think that would do an incredible thing for podcasting so check them out linetownstories.com uh, and also you know, twoupproductions.com that's the group that is putting this out there all right so now that we've got that out of the way let us get to this week's interview with bernie wagonblast right into this i've one thing i have learned from doing this is that when you say you're about to do an interview with someone and then you start chatting and you're like oh all that good material gets (laughs) wasted right (laughs) at the beginning so we're going right into this i am sitting with bernie Wagonblast. he is the host of cranford radio and transportation radio and you can find that at those two websites transportationradio.com and cranfordradio.com I have known Bernie for a long time. We both spent time, well, you continue to spend time at what was then Shadow Traffic. Mm-hmm. And now it's the total traffic, transportation. Total traffic and weather. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Bernie, Bernie is a, a, you're a true veteran of the radio industry. Uh, some of your first jobs, according to my notes here that I have, uh, you know, we're doing radio as a reporter. Uh, you have a huge involvement in the transportation industry. You've consulted, you write newsletters, obviously the traffic work. But now you're doing all this on your own. And so first off, like what got you from working for the corporations, working for the big businesses, you know, doing this on the air to wanting to do this on your own?
1: Well, I guess yeah, you know, I really have to go back many years, 1979, which was when Shadow Traffic first came to New York. And I was fortunate to be hired as one of the original shadow traffic reporters back in 1979, and the idea was, was brand new at the time of doing traffic reports for multiple radio stations by one company. They had started down in Philadelphia, had grown into Chicago, but New York was the third city that they had gone to, and a bunch of us who were just out of school, or some of us who were actually still in school at the time, were hired uh, to, to be part of that original team. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time because my interest had always been in radio. That's what I thought I would would do. Um, but unbeknownst to me, that was my introduction to the world of transportation. So after working at uh, shadow Traffic for about five years or so, I left. Tried something where I thought I would go into uh, owning a radio station someday. That did not work out. Uh, I I was learning sales and found out that I am not a salesman. Probably a good thing, too, given where the industry (laughs) went. (laughs) Exactly. But I then ended up spending the next 23 years or so um, in the transportation world. Worked for some public sector companies, uh, some private sector companies, and, again, not planned, and shortly— Before you and I met for the first time, I ended up coming back to shadow traffic, metro traffic, and was first working off-air, behind the scenes, and then later was filling in and doing some on-air work. Uh, So it was a, a bit of a strange transition coming back onto the radio after so many years. But what I've done is really combined the two things that have pretty well defined my career, broadcasting, communications, and transportation. And I started... In, in terms of what kind of motivated me to, to do this, uh, I was very fortunate to be involved with a couple of startup organizations early on in my career. Shadow Traffic was one. Another one was a group called Transcom that coordinates among all the different transportation agencies in the tri-state area. And I always found that being involved with a startup was fascinating because you're kind of making it up as you go. Oh, you yes. have a chance to... <laughs> To, to make the rules, and, and it's not a bureaucracy at this point, um, and you're inventing something. And there's a lot of interest um, beyond just the fo- folks that are doing it. The, the the world has interest in what you're doing. So I had always thought it would be fun to, to be involved with a, another startup. Um, when the Internet came along, I first got involved with it, I think, around 1996, 97. Um, and I said, well, you know, here's an o- opportunity to maybe – become involved with a new medium that's just getting started. And I started uh, a, a group of uh, about transportation communications, just sharing information people would contribute, and it wasn't really going anywhere. And then I started posting articles that I would find about transportation communications, and people would discuss it, and it evolved into a newsletter format where basically now I'm still doing it 17-plus uh, years later.
0: I, I, I promise you, any radio person who worked at shadow or has ever like who you know is familiar with shadow traffic is a subscriber (laughs) i still get mine from bernie and i know so many people who i used to work with who still know that newsletter and they didn't even spend time at shadow it's Mm -hmm. it's amazing how far that spread
1: yeah and it's it's been a lot of fun and uh from that uh after doing that i a, a few years ago said well you know maybe i can do some interviews and that I had a natural outlet for where those interviews could play was, was my newsletter as well as other newsletters that I do for different clients about transportation. So it was a synergy. I hate to use a word like that, a buzzword like that, but <laughs> there was definitely synergy that was involved with bringing that all together. It seemed like an easy
0: transition. Something I wanted to do at the very beginning and I forgot to and... uh Depending on when you hear this, the day that we recorded this, it was, in fact, Bernie's birthday. So we do want to quickly wish you a happy (laughs) birthday here on the
1: podcast. Thank you so much.
0: But one of the things that's interesting about what you did in transportation, what you did at Shadow, what you did with your newsletter, and what you're continuing to do with Cranford Radio as well is... It seems like you're really providing a service. I mean, transportation is such an important aspect of everyday lives. It affects everybody who has to get up and go to work. Bridges, tunnels, tolls, highways. I mean, all the, we don't really think about it that much, but it's it's absolutely integral. So, do you really consider yourself a, a a broadcaster, or I mean, are you really a a public service service for lack of a better term? There.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of a hybrid. I think um, I, I still. That itch that I had to get into radio from when I was a kid is still there, okay. which is one reason why I still do traffic reports one day a week <laughs> on the radio, just to kind of uh, experience that. But the way I looked at it, when I was working in the transportation field, there were people who knew a lot more about transportation than I ever did um, or, or ever will. Um, They studied it in school. I studied communications. What do I know about transportation? (laughs) What do we know about anything? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, but what I did know is I knew a lot more about communications than they did. And a lot of people who work in transportation are not necessarily comfortable with media. So I could be that bridge between them and the media Uh, and and. When there were news stories that were being written, and I was comfortable talking with the press, whether it was uh, TV or newspapers, whatever it might be. So I was comfortable with doing that. But at the same time, there are people who are much more skilled as broadcasters than I will ever be. But I know more about transportation than many of them. So my feeling is, why not find those things that make you unique? And for me, those things are transportation and communications combined. It makes me different from other folks who are doing communications work and other people who are doing transportation work.
0: You think one reason transportation folks don't really like the media so much is that the media doesn't really talk to them unless there's a problem. And so whenever they are interacting mm-hmm. with the media, nine times out of ten, it probably feels like they're being attacked. E- even if they're getting fair questions, it's still, it still is an assault on, here's what you did wrong again.
1: I think that's part of it. I think part of it also is that You're fearful of saying the wrong thing. Most people who work in transportation work for the public sector. Uh, So it means (laughs) that they've got politicians as their bosses. And you know how fickle politicians can be at times. And you say the wrong thing, even if you say the right thing. Um, It can be twisted. It can be taken out of context. So I think that's where the fear comes in. And what I learned is a big part of it is trying to establish a relationship with these people that you're dealing with from the press for an ongoing basis. So they're not just calling you when something goes wrong and why is the bridge closed or why did that, well, Chris, uh, that Christy, problem that's come up?
0: Why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, funny that you both of your properties that you work on primarily, Cranford Radio, Transportation Radio, you really still focus on that term radio. Do you consider yourself a podcaster? Do you, you do you find yourself to be part of the community or do you just really use the medium for what you think is more of a a
1: broadcast? Well, a little bit of both, again. Um, What I've done with both Transportation Radio and Cranford Radio have been primarily long-form interviews. They haven't really been, quote-unquote, shows or podcasts. And I'm not limited to it has to be 30 minutes, it has to be 15 minutes. It's however long I think that it's an interesting discussion going on. Um, The one for Cranford Radio... Basically, I I have lived in Cranford most of my life. This is where I grew up. So I wanted to do Cranford Radio because it was a way to give back to the community. So getting back to that question about, you know, do I see myself as a public service? When it comes to Cranford Radio, yes. That's what I'm trying to do is have that unique way of presenting information about what's going on in in the town. I basically am, am doing positive stories about that. I'm not doing investigative reporting things of that sort. That's not what the, the goal of Cranford Radio is. So it's, it's really to highlight positive things about the town and to get that information out in a different way from what you would read either online or in print. And in print, uh, the town newspaper just went out of business uh, oh. this year. So there is no real town newspaper any longer. And it's uh, mostly online where people are getting information now.
0: Now, that that does bring me to one of the things I really wanted to focus on with you today is that that idea of real, local, you know, very down-to-the-point audio content. What's been the response to Cranford Radio so far as far as doing those interviews, talking to public officials? You know, you have the mayor and the new fire chief. And, you know, th- these are the people that you're really connecting to because it's, it's your community. So do you find
1: that that is translating well? Do you get a good response from the community? Very good. Um, I think there was... Again, as we were talking before about transportation people, there's initial uh, hesitation of, of going on on Mike. And I always tell folks when I do an interview with them that you don't have to worry if there's any mistakes. I'm going to edit those out, that I'm not going to make you look foolish. Uh, if you want to backtrack on something, don't worry. That can all be edited uh, and and taken care of. But I also had relationships with a lot of these folks outside of what I was doing with Cranford Radio. I'm a member of the local chamber of commerce. So I know them through that, and I've been involved with other activities in town. So there was already some relationship in a lot of cases with some of these people that I've been interviewing.
0: So they're, I mean, they really are friends and colleagues and acquaintances, not so much topics, subjects, you know,
1: Yeah, it's it's not the traditional journalist role that I'm playing. You know, I still am very careful about not... um, I'm old school when it comes to that. You won't see a campaign sign on my front lawn for anyone. I've been careful from the day I registered to vote to now. I've never registered as a Republican or a Democrat because I don't want to be considered one or the other. Uh, So I think people, whether I am interviewing a, a Republican official or a Democratic official, they're pretty confident that I'm not going to be attacking them from a partisan standpoint.
0: Do you think there is room, or there's an opportunity for local podcasting to blow up? It's it's something that I've, I've really been wanting to toy with for a little while now, and I, that's why I like about the Cranford Radio Show is that radio itself it's corporatized, it's bastardized, it but it is supposed to be your local source. They're going away. More yeah. stations are doing barter time. More of them are picking up network shows and syndicated shows. You know, how many how many markets? really need to listen to Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh not that there's anything wrong with those guys you know but just there is no local talk but that that local element that traffic report that weather report the news that you can use seems to be the one thing that would really save radio so do you think podcasting and digital audio can be you know can fill that void can can
1: grow in that space I think in part you know my When I started in radio back in the mid-70s, my first job was at a local radio station in Elizabeth. And my job, the first job, was going out and covering city council meetings, board of education meetings, reporting on what was happening in eastern Union County. That has disappeared. You can't find that, for the most part, on the radio. There are a few stations, but very few compared to one. Well, it's, but it's, it's not good radio either. Right. I mean, it's it's important
0: content for the locals, but it it, it isn't entertaining. It, it's, right. Th- that's fair to say. hmm
1: And, you know, I think that the, obviously the advantage to this is that you can listen to it on demand. I think it would still be nice if there was some place that local people could t- tune to – if something is going wrong, if there's a, a blackout, if there's an explosion, podcast isn't going to fill that because it's not live. So I think it can, it can partially fill some of that void, but I don't think it can totally fill the void that local radio once was able to fill.
0: And I guess also to your point, you know, as a podcaster, you really, one of the nice things that people like about it is you get to work on your own schedule, you work from home, you know, you do it when you can. You know, it's a Tuesday afternoon. I'm driving up to come and see you. It, it's a great life in that respect, but at the same time, I might not necessarily feel that urgency. You know, that sense of responsibility. Like you said, there's a blackout. Well, I better get up on. If there's a blackout. I, I probably can't get online. <laughs> right. that's first of all, but, <laughs> but like you know, I we don't have that sense of responsibility being individual. So you think that's one reason why it wouldn't really take off in that way?
1: Well, I, I'm not saying that it wouldn't take off. I just don't think it will necessarily be the same as what local radio has been um, and well, what it yesterday. once was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, but I think it, there definitely is a place for it. I think it's creating a new place. It's, it's creating a space that didn't exist before uh, when it comes to local podcasts. You know, I see a lot of online, local-oriented sites, news sites around New Jersey and elsewhere, but I see very little in terms of local audio content. That's being provided. There are a few things that are out there, but they're few and far between. And I think there is some opportunity for for that. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily follow a schedule of that's going to be there at 6 a.m. every day, but it, it could be something that people can tune to to find more information than they can get from other sources. Plus, I think when you're hearing someone talk as opposed to reading their quotes, you hear more of that person's emotions, mm-hmm. you get a, a better sense of what excites them, what disappoints them. Those things come across in audio that can't come across online in print. Somebody says something sarcastically, it's printed, you don't know. exactly.
0: But, um, well, I, I guess then to that point too, anybody listening to this who might be an aspiring podcaster, you're also a veteran broadcaster. You've mm. been doing this for a long time and uh, you have two great shows right now. And again, you've been doing this forever. So- what what's some of the advice you would give to those folks who, you know, they think it's easy, and it is easy. Look, I have a laptop, I got a couple of microphones, great, we're doing a podcast, I don't need expensive towers, but there's more to it. And so what do you think are some of the traits that aspiring podcasters should keep in mind that they're not going to get taught because they're just doing it on their own?
1: Well, I think one of the things is true, and this is goes back to the early days of newspapers, you want to have a curiosity about what's going on. You want to be curious as to well why is that like that you not just assume that that's the way it's always been or why is that changing and to get to know these people on a deeper level to if you're doing it when i was doing an interview with somebody at best it would have been if i was doing a radio interview it would have been something that probably would have lasted four or five minutes and we would then cut it up into at most maybe a 60 second cut right. that would air <laughs> on the on the station um Whereas with a podcast, you can get into knowing that person a little bit more deeply, know a little bit more about the issues, get beyond just the sound bites. And I think that's what you have to look for. I, th- I think you want to be authentic. You know, maybe that's an overused word. But when you're interviewing someone, being curious and authentic and not trying, it's not about you. You're the person that's asking the questions. The, the people are tuning in to hear the person that you're being, that you're talking to. So I think that that's, that's important to remember. You have to check the ego at the door uh, before you you do something like that. So it's not about you, and it's, you're able to hear more about the person that's being spoken with.
0: So you really need to be a representative of your audience, not – I mean, yes, I, I'm asking you questions about local podcasting because of my genuine curiosity. But hopefully there's folks out there hearing this that are like, oh, I learned something there. Mm-hmm. What are some other tips and advice that you might have for someone who's thinking about picking up the microphone?
1: Well, I think you can start start out relatively simple. Um, it, it doesn't even require uh, much. You can use free software that's available online to start out in terms of editing things. You can get a microphone, a USB microphone, very inexpensively that can even plug into your smartphone and use that as a way to do interviews in the field. You don't have to uh, drag a whole lot of stuff out. So I think that's part of it. I think another thing that I would, would recommend is... That you just try to stay in touch with what's going on, because you can't be curious if you're not aware of what's taking place in the first place. So I think that's that's something that's important, is just trying to stay in touch, both through formal means, whether it's the local community newspapers or... Um, things that you read online, but just talking to people, going to different things. Another thing that I always recommend, because I'll talk to people uh, that have interests in doing voiceover work, Mm -hmm. I'll say, focus on something that you know about as a way to specialize in. For me, that was transportation. While you're doing a podcast, what do you know about what are you, what have you worked in before that you can focus on that's why I did transportation radio it's because I know about transportation I know a lot of people in the transportation world they know me so it it makes it much simpler than if I just decided to go out there and do a real estate podcast I don't know anything about real estate I know some realtors maybe <laughs> but I know nothing about real estate real estate so I'm not going to do a real estate podcast but maybe you've had some business some experience working in the restaurant business or you had experience working in financial affairs or whatever the case may be maybe that's a good place to get your feet wet to talk to people that you already know because you're going to be a little more comfortable speaking with someone that you're familiar with
0: after all these years of working in transportation reporting on writing on broadcasting on you still curious about it do you still oh yeah you, all right, so you still are looking for? I mean, I guess it's it's one of those things that's always evolving. So you do have to, but you still ha- you're not burnt out by it.
1: No, no, not at all. And I th- for me, it's because. I'm looking at the whole world of transportation, not just highways. When I'm doing traffic, you're really just talking about the roadways and the transit systems. But when I'm doing my transportation radio or my newsletters, it gets into aviation, maritime, gets into high-tech, it gets into low-tech, it gets into policy issues about what should be public information, what should they be sharing with the public. So there's a lot of different aspects to it, and there's always something happening, there's always something fascinating that's, that's going Going on that you can relate to.
0: Now going back to the podcasting world, because you know this is the general focus here on PodUp. Do you digest a lot of podcasts? Do you have any favorites, or are there you know specific things that you really love about what that industry is doing, and others that
1: you hate? Not in terms of what I enjoy listening to. I've been listening, comparing some some different transportation. Related podcast just okay. to hear not so much the content, but I'm I'm listening since I'm going to be doing more of a, a a podcast type episode coming up. I wanted to hear a little bit more about the technical side of how they do it. What are some of the techniques? So I've been listening from that angle as opposed to learning uh, so much about what they're talking about. Um, I think that will change over time. But right now, because that's where I'm at, I wanted to learn a little bit more about how they approach it. And I've been listening to a, a wide mix of, uh, of podcasts, not just from the United States, but internationally.
0: Are those in English or are they foreign language
1: ones? Uh, no, I, I only listen to the English ones okay, because I, <laughs> I, I don't know any other languages uh, fluently other than English. So listening to one in German, for example, wouldn't do me much good.
0: So is it mostly about production value as far as, you know, turning what is just audio into more of a show?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it, how they uh, incorporate uh, the music into the the podcast episodes, um, things of that sort. Um, The the length, uh, listening to some of these, uh, you know, are they too short, too long? Trying to get a feel for what's the appropriate length, what's the attention span of someone who's going to be listening to this podcast, uh, what's the right length, uh, to, to do it. Should I split it up into multiple episodes? Would that be more effective than something that's just one longer interview that, uh, maybe, uh, someone would, would tune in. For? And I've tried that with, with some of the interviews I've done already where I've done one, most of them are just individual interviews, but I've done others that have been split up into segments. In fact, one of my most well listened to episodes was I think in four different segments that, uh, people listen to. So yeah, I'm still not sure exactly. I'm still learning.
0: Well, I mean, that is, it is, and it is the one nice thing getting away from radio is that there are no rules. There are no time constraints. You don't have to hit the commercial break, you know? So, but yeah, you do have to be conscious of your audience and what you're asking them. And uh, for me, I, I, I'll admit this to everybody. I do a terrible job of editing these. I, <laughs> I really, I like to give, you know, whoever I'm speaking to, I invented them for their time. So I want to give, all that time and all that content to the listeners and you know you want to tune out halfway through understandably but to me i'm not worried about oh it's got to be 25 minutes right if you've tuned in and you listen you like the person you're probably gonna listen that's why someone like the nerd is chris hardwick or mark maron they typically run about an hour but they'll get away with an hour and a half to two hours if if it's just a good chat Mm -hmm. and so i guess it's i I might have to be more cognizant of the time but in the meantime i'm not going to be (laughs) sorry um and what So what else would you like to see to make your life easier as somebody who's specializing in digital audio? Any technology, trends, uh, something that could help us out?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest things, and again, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back in time again to when I was first starting out in radio, you had a cassette recorder and a, a Relatively, at the time, I had a relatively cheap microphone that would plug into this Sony uh, cassette recorder that I would use. And I thought that that was pretty portable, and it was. But now it's even more portable. So I, I, I like that. I don't know that it can get much more portable in terms of actually doing the interviews uh, than it already is. Uh, I think, and and the ability to talk to people anywhere in the world, I do... Uh, international interviews. So obviously, I'm not going flying around the world. The budget's not quite uh, there yet uh, where I can afford to do that. But uh, again, with a telephone and recording equipment, I can do an interview with someone anywhere in the world. So those things are, are there. The marketing, I think, is a little bit of a challenge. For me, like I had said at the beginning, I have the advantage of having the newsletters, which is sort of a natural outlet to market the transportation radio interviews right to people who are already interested in the topic exactly you have an engaged audience yeah so you that that's a big
0: help you can't turn that on and be like oh by the way while you're here check out cranford radio like <laughs> i'm from new york what am i gonna do with that right. <laughs> but yeah so that yeah that and that's one thing i've learned a lot newsletters apparently are really email newsletters are still one of the best ways to engage with an audience if, mm-hmm. if they've chosen to subscribe to your content and you're producing app you know related content it's just a natural fit
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, once again, we've been speaking with Bernie Wagonblast. He is CranfordRadio.com, TransportationRadio.com, a veteran broadcaster. And I'm, at this point, I'm going to call you a veteran podcaster because you've been doing <laughs> this for a while now. And while you said, you know, sometimes they're not shows, you're putting up digital audio and exactly. you're doing it on a fairly regular basis. And, and you know, it's you're still providing a service. So, mm-hmm. you know, we clearly welcome Bernie to the podcasting community. And he's actually someone that you should probably be paying attention to him and focusing on because he's been doing this for a long, long time. And as you've heard already, he has some good advice. So, Bernie, just want to once again thank you again for coming on Pod Up. And, of course, happy birthday
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Matthew.
0: Great stuff from Bernie Wagonbust. I mean, they're really – again, he's a veteran broadcaster radio guy. And while I don't think he really did consider himself a podcaster before I started to approach him and ask him about being on PodUp, I think everybody else out there should. He really has a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, a lot of great advice, and a lot of things that you could take to heart if you want to turn this into your passion, into your career. And he's not just doing this for fun. He is able to make a living with all of the work that he does, but it's because he does it from a place of passion and curiosity. And like I said earlier in the show, you know, it's almost for him, it's like providing a service. So maybe something for you to think about is how you can better serve your audience, not just how you can make money off of them. You'll be, you'll be way more successful that way so once again make sure you're checking out his properties CranfordRadio.com that's especially if you live in Cranford and Transportation Radio.com from Bernie Wagon Blast alright before we head out as a quick reminder please check out the daily podcast The Hillary Barsky Show that's The Hillary Barsky Show is H-I-L-A-R-I-E B-A-R-S-K-Y show.com or on Facebook and of course thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Pod Up Podcast Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Pod Up Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, and check us out on SoundCloud. And if you want to get into podcasting, or you already are into podcasting, I'd love to have you on the show. And let me tell you something. A few folks are starting to reach out to me as a result of listening. Keep it common, people. Don't be scared, shamed, whatever you're thinking. Just reach out. I'm very friendly. I'm very easy to work with. At least I believe so. And honestly, like I'm not... There's really not a lot of restrictions for you coming on the show. I just want to hear from genuine people who want to talk about their experience in podcasting, what works, what doesn't, and what they can share with other folks who are thinking about it. So reach out to me. You can do it through Twitter at Podcast. Or you can also just go to my production website, mpassyproductions.com. I'll have a link to that in the blurb as well as an email. And for a lot of you on there, you're part of some of the Facebook communities that I'm in. Don't don't be afraid to reach out to me there. A few of you already have, and I really, really, really appreciate it. So as always, thank you for listening and pot up, everybody.
1: plus.